0: let's get started with your host the magical creator of discover your spiritual gifts violet rain
1: hi everyone welcome to sacred magic podcast i'm your host violet rain today my guest is carrie hummingbird soul guide and host of the soul nectar show Um, She is the number one international best-selling author of The Sacred Wave, Transcending the Human Drama, and the award-winning best-selling book, Awakening to Me, One Woman's Journey to Self-Love, which describes the early years of her spiritual awakening. Ms. Hummingbird inspires people to lead their lives wide awake with an authenticity I I love that word because I can't ever say it. Passion and purpose that positively impacts others. She's a catalyst mind shift that transforms life's challenges into gifts of wisdom. Her newest book, already number one international bestseller, is called Love is Fierce, Healing the Mother Wound, and describes the most direct path to spiritual enlightenment. I am so excited to have Carrie on my show because she had me on her show several years ago a long long time ago and i've been following her spiritual journey because she's had a lot going on in the last couple years um and as a host of her own show if you've never checked out the soul nectar show i would recommend checking it out because it's an awesome podcast as well carrie welcome thank you so much violet i'm so glad to be here Oh, I'm so happy to have you. So let's let's go back a little bit because I'd love to know what got you to start your own podcast and how long has
2: it been running? You know, actually, Violet, what got me to start my podcast was I went on a sacred journey to the Holy Mountain, Alcengate, in Peru. And I went with my teacher at the time, Alberto Vialdo. And I was feeling frustrated at the time because I felt like, you know, I, I know I'm here for big things. Why isn't it opening up? If anybody can relate to that, it's like, where's my purpose? How come it's not unfolding the way I want? And he suggested to me, when you go to the holy mountain, just give everything to the holy mountain, just put it all into a treasure box, give it all to the holy mountain and just see what happens. And what happened was about two months later, I got this insight, start a podcast. Okay. It's called Soul Nectar Show, which I thought was so fun because I'm Carrie Hummingbird, right? So like nectar, soul, flowers, I love flowers. I was like, okay, this is going to be cool. And then very quickly, I was like, well, who's going to be my guest? And then I got hooked up with, um, through a couple of connections with uh, Teresa Grobois from the Evolutionary Business Council, who started introducing me to like everybody she knew that was a speaker and that had a powerful message. So I just got launched into this beautiful opportunity to deliver positive inspiration through my podcast I love that I love that and I loved
1: being a guest on it and I followed you ever since so I love watching your journey and the last few years you have been on a spiritual journey within yourself because I've watched that unfold so share a little bit about that and what led you to write some of the books that you've written
2: Yeah, absolutely. So about five years ago, as you know, my father passed away, my dad, the man who came into my life when I was five years old and uh, needed a lot of positive masculine because I'd had some toxic masculine um, natural father and stepfather before him. And he came in and he really just changed my whole world, my mother and I. And we went off on a different journey than the one that I would have maybe had had I stayed in those other um, parenting situations. So when my dad passed away, as you could imagine, that was traumatic for our family. Um, he was really this huge, unconditional rock of love in our family. Um, we we stayed together through him, you know, through his magnetism of his love. So when he left, it was kind of like this scramble of like, uh-oh, you know, <laughs> now what? And, and what happened on me personally was that um, – I never really felt very strong in my masculine side, and, and any females that are listening, if you can relate to this, I always felt kind of like um, I was feminine, but I didn't really have a strong masculine inside of me. So, in terms, in terms of providing or charting courses or things like that, I always felt a little bit like I didn't have enough confidence to go after what I wanted. So, what happened was this medicine ceremony, and during the medicine ceremony my healer said, oh my gosh, like there's this energy, this masculine divine energy that wants to come in and support you in your vessel. And as this energy was coming in, I recognized it as my dad. And I was like, oh my gosh, my dad is coming in to support me on this next part of my journey. This is powerful. And then about six months after that, I had this experience where um, I had this intuition, you're going to write a book. And I said, oh, I am. Well, What's that book called? And it said the second wave transcending the human drama. And I said, well, I don't know what the second wave is. So how am I supposed to write about that? And they said, oh, no, you do go check out Dolores Cannon's work. So I was like, oh, I think I remember that vaguely. So I went back and looked it up. And I saw that she had done um, a a talk on the three waves of volunteers to the planet. And so in these three waves, the first wave being, I believe in the sixties, we had all these amazing leaders like Martin Luther King and JFK, these leaders that spoke to love and truth. And this was the first wave. And you can tell it in the energy of the times well, this is the second wave we're in right now, and it's a bigger wave, and it's more widespread, and there's more of us bringing love. And so with that information and not much more, I said about writing the book, which is now 169 weeks on the bestseller list internationally. So it's powerful to have channeled, I channeled the messages in the book, meaning that I I listened for the messages, I wrote them in the book, and then I double-checked with my pendulum that I got it correctly. So this was coming from uh, channeled guidance. And the week, or like the week before I published the book, I, had, I was in a plant medicine ceremony, and all of a sudden I'm sitting up and I'm sitting face-to-face with White Eagle. So for those of you who don't know who White Eagle is yet, white eagle is really in kind of the master plan of the um aquarian age so we have just experienced the piscean age which was the the sort of medicine of of yeshua ben yosef of jesus we're heading into the aquarian age which is all about white eagle and indigenous wisdom and mother earth and honoring the earth and so here i am sitting across from white eagle And he's pointing out to me all the dots, all the places he told me that he was my guide, like through the last 10 years that I was even awake and even before I was awake, connecting all the dots. And I'm like, okay, that's crazy. Oh my God. Like, this is so nuts. And he said, now put my name on the cover as the author, because you're just, you know, you're the transcription person. I'm the author of this book. So I did that. And. And through this process, I kind of realized that my dad and white Eagle and me are all connected somehow, maybe all part of the same soul group or the same soul at a higher level. So fascinating, fascinating uh, to try to decipher all that from a human mind. But so all of that happened and the book has been wildly successful. But after that, I realized um, when I published that book. And I started getting a lot of attention. My family started getting really uncomfortable because I'm being interviewed a lot and the stories I'm telling are making them uncomfortable and the things I'm saying are making them uncomfortable. We're all grieving the loss of my dad. And so we had a lot of rifts for him in our family. And the rift that pained me the most was one with my mom. So I was like, you know what? I need to heal this because my mom and I have never had... A really close trusting relationship like you would have moments of trust and then she would change instantly into this other person and then i would be like oh my gosh like as a kid i never knew when she was going to be angry because she could be laughing one minute and then be angry the next and it was like wow so i realized that there was a lot of healing work i needed to do inside of myself to really get into a good loving relationship with myself first, and then to open up the potential for that to happen with my mom. So I spent the next three years writing Love is Fierce, Healing the Mother Wounds and doing this deep dive into myself, into my ancestry, my ancestral women, the toxic patterns of disempowerment in the feminine, how we mistreat each other because we don't feel powerful, and this power over matrix that we've been experiencing as part of the toxic patriarchy. And it's been really powerful. And when I was gonna release the book, I gave it four months before I released it. I finished it and I gave it to my mom and I said, if you have anything you need to say to me about it, you get the first read. She didn't say anything, but right before, and I published that book in January. So like right before Christmas, my mom calls me and she says, it's time for us to clear the slate, let's have lunch together with the boys, my sons. And at that lunch, she said, as the matriarch of this family, I am now clearing the slate on all past things and we're starting fresh. And this had been my prayer not half an hour before with my support group and my spiritual training. So it was like kismet all this healing coming together. And now my mom and I are like enjoying weekly Sunday brunches. We we don't have to talk about the weather anymore. We can talk about deep things, cultural things, things we care about. It's amazing. I'm getting this chance. And I know you've seen it, Violet, because you've been watching. It's like, I get this chance to be close, loving and trusting with my mom. It's like the biggest blessing. It's huge healing, right? And when when you think
1: about excuse me, ancestors and old wounds that come through that sentiment energy that comes through. You're not the only one. I think everyone on the planet has some level of this that we're all trying to heal because I believe all of us here on this planet now are not just trying to heal ourselves, But lifetimes back and generations and ancestors and so much, because when you think about it, our ancestors, our parents, our grandparents didn't have the, um, like the healers or the stuff around to step in and go, hey, I need healing. Because when I look back at my grandparents, they they didn't have access to any of this wisdom, knowledge, or understand, right? They just kept passing it on because they didn't know what else to do with it. And so I think all of us are here to heal those wounds and it's understanding how to do that. So I love your journey and I love that you're sharing it so that others can hopefully find their way through that healing process.
2: Yeah. And that's interesting that you're saying that find their own way through the healing process, because that's another one of the pivotal shifts that's happening on the planet right now. Is that number one, um, we're no longer separate from God's source creator universe. We're no longer separate, we are intricately connected. And number two, we're opening our hearts now, and that's an act of courage. That is the beginning. If you look at um force versus uh power or power versus force, that book. It talks about the shift, what, what's the steps leading up to the shift in consciousness into the power matrix, which is love, is courage. Because when we open our hearts in courage and we become transparent and vulnerable and intimate, we heal things, but we also feel things. Because the only way to heal is to feel and to look in our shadows and to embrace what we find there with compassion, acceptance, and love. So this second part of the matrix is what we're getting ready to explore now in the age of Aquarius is the power matrix. So in the last thousands of years of the Piscean age, we've been exploring the force matrix. You know, we've been exploring power over, control over, um, how to uh, get our way when we have no power. So now we're going to explore. Okay, well now that we have power, how do we use that in right relationship? And This is an individual path. So one of the messages that came out in the second wave book was that this is a thumbprint journey. So when you look at your thumbprint, you know, your thumbprint's unique. They've proven it through science. There are no two thumbprints alike. That's why they use it for um, identification. So if you know that your thumbprint's unique, that means you have a unique life journey. That means no more conforming. So like all the religious institutions are all going to have to change now if they want to stay relevant, they're going to have to change out of this. There's one right way and they're going to have to open that. There's 8 billion right ways on the planet because there's 8 billion of us navigating our soul's journey. And if they want to stay relevant, they're going to have to adopt a new model so that we understand that there's many, many paths to the source. I love I love that. And, and
1: it reminds me of Microsoft, you know, or your computers. There are a zillion ways to save a file. There are a zillion ways to open a new document. There's not just one way. You know, all of us do it a little differently. We all approach life a little differently. We all resonate with things differently. It's just one example of There's not one way, one thought, one belief. There are lots of different ones. And I think that's what makes it so beautiful is that we're all walking our own journey. And instead of forcing you to be on my path, what if we just accept that everybody's in a different space and it's okay where you're at?
2: Yeah. And it's like, walk on my path with me for a little while if it inspires you. You'll pick up some tools, some strategies, some information, some wisdom, some experiences, and then maybe you'll get attracted to go walk with some other people for a while. So like the days of the lifetime of being with a guru, like those are done. This is now like follow, let, let your own heart lead you to the places that you need to go to collect the pieces of the puzzle that you need to collect so that you can create your, you know, finish your own puzzle. You know, and it's your, you are the one that has to explore that because nobody else can.
1: Yeah, they can't. So do your books help people have insights that let's say they don't even know where to start to do that healing. Do you give some insights, not only of your journey or of how others can, can look at their own healing? Because I know
2: some people want to heal. They just don't know how. Yeah. So the books actually are Definitely the last two books, Love is Fierce and The Second Wave are energetic transmissions just as much as they are reading and listening. And so what that means is that when you consume the book, you're actually getting the seeds of the work that I've done on myself, you're getting those seeds. And in the case of The Second Wave book, you're getting the transmission energies and frequencies just as much as you're reading the words. So they're actually activating remembrances in you because you already know all this stuff, I'm just reminding you. It's, it's activating your remembrance of things. And what we become aware of transforms us because once you're aware of something, you can never not be aware of it anymore. This is one of the reasons why people avert their eyes to difficult topics, because they know that if they turn towards it and look it in the eye, they will be transformed by it. They will be opened by it. They will be humbled by it. So that's why right now we have a lot of resistance to looking at things in the culture. We have a lot of distraction and people avoiding things. But the way to heal is to embrace it. So just by getting one of the books, you're like, let's say, you know, you have an issue with your mom and you need to heal it. Just by getting that book and reading it, you're now opening and saying yes to healing that. And then the transmission in the book is going to work with you. To support you in that healing process. You're going to get the insights you need to try new things to, in order to heal, have that healing happen. It's not just like reading my story. It's a, it's actually a healing and a transmission.
1: I love that. I love that. So how, in your uh, bio or your information that you gave me, you can tell it's the fall, you know, all the drainage and yeah. my voice keeps going, <clears throat> coming and going. Uh, so um, I apologize for that. But You talk about walking the beauty way. What does that mean to you? Walking the beauty way.
2: Yeah. So this is walking the beauty way is walking softly on the earth with appreciation and gratitude and seeing the beauty in all of the things that happen. So for example, with my dad, obviously losing my, my mentor, my big unconditional rock of love in my life and in my family was not something that I wanted to happen. And I could spend my life really in grief of his loss and feeling devastated. The beauty way says, how is this happening for me? How is this for me? And sometimes the answer to that question takes a while to arrive at. But after these last five years, I can say with confidence that, My dad departing when he did was part of a soul agreement to support me on my journey so that I had him by my side all the time, 24 by seven to support me in decisions. He's always with me and he's part of him has been added to me. As I said, in that ceremony, reinforcing me, giving me confidence, giving me insights and wisdom. And it helped to heal my relationship with my mom because my mom and I would not have worked on our relationship if my dad was still here because he solved everything. He was like the buffer. So without my dad there, my mom and I were forced to work on our relationship together if we wanted to have a family. So in a way, we see the beauty of that. We see that that is actually a blessing. And then I can be grateful for my dad sacrificing himself in that way to create a space for my mom and I to build something beautiful together. So this path is all about as an indigenous path. And as you can imagine, indigenous people have had to really practice the art of the beauty way over the last several hundred years, having their land stolen from them, being, um, you know, taken on the trail of tears to a place that they'd never lived before, losing their traditions, being indoctrinated, having their children taken to Christian schools, I mean, there's a lot of things that are very painful that Indigenous people have had to endure. And when I look at the Caro Nation and the High Andes Mountains, I would say that they have been most successful of, of the people that I've seen in being able to walk the beauty way, to see the beauty and everything that happened because they are now able to completely open their hearts in warm embrace to all people who want to learn their methods of healing and to walk the beauty way as well. That is powerful forgiveness, gratitude, um, service to mother earth for them to be able to invite us all into their traditions at this point in time after what they've experienced as well from Western colonization. So I would say walking the beauty way can be, give you so much inner power when you choose to humble yourself, to listen, to open your heart, to move beyond it shouldn't be so into why is it so and to really claim those gifts. And so that's why I, you know, I'm so grateful that the caro are the foundation of the medicine that I teach and that they are my lineage beyond the veil. They support everything I do. And guide me all the time. And I'm so grateful for all the shifts I have personally and the shifts I see in my community. I love that. I love that. So
1: you also have in your bio living in, and I won't pronounce it right. Can you... uh, can you pronounce it for me? It's A-Y-N-I, and I don't want to bur- butcher it with my southern tongue. So <laughs> explain to me what this is and share with us a little bit about uh, about living in this energy.
2: Yes, yeah, living in Ini. It's A-Y-N-I, and it's pronounced Ini, and it's a Quechua word from the Carol people. And essentially what it means is living in right relationships with everything in your life. So it means, um, you know, it means different things in different contexts, but essentially it's harmony. It's being in harmony with what's happening. So and in and flow, if you think of it as harmony and flow, and it has to do with that, it's for me, not to me. It's for me, through me, and even by me, because I'm a soul that chose this life journey. So it's for me, through me, by me, this is happening. And so how can I create harmony given the context? How can I create beauty given the context? How can I open to Mother Earth to harmonize and make this beautiful for everyone, not just myself? Because the Aini is about yourself in the context of the planet, yourself in the context of the universe yourself as an agent of love. And so it it really calls us forth to step out of our personal objectives, our personal agendas and into a greater picture of ourselves as part of what Richard Rudd, and this is from the Gene Keys work, G-E-N-E-K-E-Y-S, calls the synarchy. So when we're in harmony in nature, when when there is harmony in nature there is um like sacred geometry that happens instantaneously the sacred geometry is the aini when things are in aini there's sacred geometry so for example um and richard Rudd talks about this and i'm going to talk i'm going to come back to that in just a second but, but first i need to go to Masuru emoto's work with water so masuro Imoto, m-a-s-u-r-o E-M-O-T-O, Masuro Emoto, did work. He did scientific research into water. And what he found was that when people put love into water or compassion into water or gratitude into water, like intentionally, and then he would take a drop of that water and put it on a Petri dish and then freeze it, it would turn into a beautiful snowflake with perfect sacred geometry. And when they placed hatred or fear or grief into a drop of water. And then that when frozen would turn into a misshapen, not sacred geometry, um, frozen thing on the the Petri dish. So what he realized was that these higher vibrations of love, of power in that power versus force matrix I was telling you about, they create sacred geometry. So what, res- what is in the way of sacred geometry for human beings is is really kind of a lack of trust for the universe and a lack of trust that things are going to go our way. It's scarcity consciousness. It's, you know, it's fear. All the fear matrix that we live in, the fourth matrix, prevents the sacred geometry. So when Richard Rudd is talking about this, he's talking about, in particular, one gene key it starts at reaction. Why do people react? How do people react? How is it possible that people can react to other people and do horrible things to them and not feel it and not stop themselves? This is because of the shadow of reaction. It closes our hearts and it separates. And it says, these are my people, those are the other, the other don't matter. So I can act towards them to even kill them because they don't matter. So when we're in that state of mind, we're in the shadow frequencies of force. And we definitely do not have pretty sacred geometry snowflakes from that consciousness. But when we rise through revolution, which is the gift of that jinky, and we challenge all of our, our structures that create that, the egoic structures that create that separation and that othering, when we challenge that, what happens is that we have the capacity to lift to the truth, which is the highest frequency, which is rebirth. Because we are here now on the planet to rebirth a new species of humanity that is homo luminous. And homo luminous is producing those iony snowflakes, those those perfect sacred geometry snowflakes. And when we're in that state, we're in in what Richard Redd calls the synarchy, S-Y-N-A-R-C-H-Y, synarchy. When we're in synarchy, we all are in our natural place. We're all fulfilled and we are like bees in a hive. Each of us is doing the function that feels the best to us. And so we're all doing what feels the best to us. And so collectively, everybody's in the right spot. And now everything is a sacred geometry. The whole human creation, the whole planet now looks like a sacred geometry. So that's what we're going for. But you know we got a little transition, you know, to go from the old model to the new model. So just be patient, as patient as you could be, and loving and compassionate during the process. But that's where we're headed, Violet. And I think it's going to be really beautiful when we get there.
1: Oh, I do too. I love that. And, it, and it's sad that we just can't open a door and walk through. But we've got we've got some layers of healing and understanding to go through. But you know, beautiful when we get there. I love that. So. Carrie, for people that would love to connect with you, share with us some of the things that you offer and how they can connect. Because I know people listening are going to be like, oh, now how do I connect
2: to her? I want to know more. Yeah. So I love connecting with people. Um, my website has a free discovery call that's 30 minutes. So you can hop on my website at carriehummingbird.com K-E-R-R-I hummingbird.com and book a free discovery call. Um, In in terms of other work I do, I do healing work with people. I do schematic healing sessions. I can teach you about your gene keys chart. If you're interested in that, I can guide you through that process. And also uh, I teach inner medicine training. Um, You know, we've all heard about external medicine, um, telling you what the right thing is for you from a lab coat. This is more about inner medicine, I-N-N-E-R, inner medicine really learning how to find the answers that work for you on your unique thumbprint journey to solve problems at all levels in your life and actually to stop seeing them as problems and start seeing them as gateways to gold. And so that's what I teach at that level. And that is in the tradition of the Caro, the Caro nation from Peru that I mentioned.
1: I love that. I
2: love that. And I love that it's inner work because I think we all miss the fact that there's
1: lots of inner work that all of us need to do. And we're continually doing through, you know, life's experiences and challenges. We learn, we grow, we evolve, and we do some deep healing and understanding within ourselves. So I like that process. And it
2: can be inner fun too. You know, I mean, When I, Violet, you know this because you do shadow work. When you confront something in yourself that initially feels uncomfortable, but then you go ahead and you look at it, explore it, feel it, and then you get the revelation of it. Isn't that beautiful? That experience feels good, doesn't it? It
1: really does. But you know, people are frightened. So I just started a warrior's class last weekend and they're gonna be doing archetype, shadow work, really taking a deep dive to understand themselves. And so they're still in that process of what's this about? What are we doing? And, you know, (laughs) can't we just ignore that or look away? And I'm like, no, it's about embracing it. It's about understanding it. It's about understanding the gifts it's brought into your life, whether you understood that they were gifts or not. And it's about going, this is who I am. This is how I've grown. This is what I've learned. This is me. This is about me. And when we see that awareness, I love how you said earlier, awareness is key, because I really believe that when you're aware, you, you don't lose that. It's such a growth opportunity just to
2: be aware. So, yeah, I love that yeah sisters and i and i love that you said i was going to say sisters in love you and i and i love that you said um, warrior because i in my book i called my mom a warrior of love cuz we can it's not about warrior with other people it's about being that inner warrior energy turning that inside and choosing to build a house of synarchy a house of ini inside of yourself
1: Yeah. Yeah. Finding harmony, finding how we turn every experience into a blessing and seeing the harmony it can bring when we look at it from the right lens and perspective. So I love that. I love that. Carrie, thank you so much for being on the show. It's been a blast. Thank you, Violet. I'm so glad. I hope this served everybody who's listening. Oh, I'm sure it is. I love how you brought some things together, even for me. I knew all those pieces, but I love when you connect the dots together. I think we all learn from each other,
2: and I love that process. Absolutely. Thank you so much.
1: All right everyone that's watching thank you for watching our podcast today i hope you'll follow us on your favorite platforms and we hope to see you really soon thanks again and have a marvelous day
0: are you looking for an opportunity to fill your energy tank when was the last time you invested in self-care Violet leads a weekend retreat every year in Woodland Park, Colorado. The purpose of the retreat is to reflect, restore, re-energize and restore one's energy, focus and direction. Violet's retreats provide the opportunities to connect, learn and explore your healing and spirituality. What are you waiting for? You can find out more about this annual retreat at www.discoveryourspiritualgifts.com. Thank you for joining us. To find out more about Violet, head over to discoveryourspiritualgifts.com. You can also send a personal message to Violet through email, violet@discoveryourspiritualgifts.com. If you love this show, subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. Until next time, remember, we are all meant to have abundant and joyful lives. We hope to see you soon at Discover Your Spiritual Gifts.